0: Welcome to the P. Primo Show. It is episode 89. Boy, time goes by fast. This is our Outbound recap. And at the end of Outbound, Jeb Blunt put up a screenshot that said, Winter is coming. If you think 2022 was tough, wait till you see 2023. Of course, he had just spent two days giving us all the tools that we need to win in 2023. So even though it was a little bit of a gut shot, anyway, let me pay the bills. But first, let me say hi to Guy. Guy Guy Danes, evening folks, always great to listen in Masterclass New Ideas. Guy, I always love having you Um, and uh, you could teach me a Masterclass or two. Anyway, thank you for being here. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, What Are You Waiting For? You need this book now more than ever. There's 101 um, ways to make more money and to make more customers happy. And that is what ultimately we are in the business for. And let me give a shout out to the Mattress Industry Network Group, who is so kind to sponsor this show, Steve Houck. Uh, Thank you. I couldn't do this without you. I appreciate you more than you know. The Mattress Industry Network Group is a group of mattress industry retailers who have reached out to the entire industry to bring a network of talent, together to help make each other better. If you want to know how to advertise better, if you want to know how to merchandise better, if you want more display ideas, if you want to know what the best lines are that you should have in your store, this is where you can come to get that. It's 100% free. All you got to do is scan the QR code there and it will bring you directly to the Mattress Industry Network Group. If you want to learn more about the mattress industry, and you are in the mattress industry, uh, we want you in that group. It's 100% free, and you will be introduced to other retailers. You will be introduced to fellow reps. Uh, There are owners of manufacturing companies, VPs of sales. It is a great group, and if you are not there, you need to be there. So when you come in, say hi to me and tell them Pete sent you. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. How are Boy, you?
1: I, I guess we skipped right over the pumpkin spice and fall and sweater weather, <laughs> and it's time to bundle up. Winter is coming, and uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for that. There's, uh, there's the shot there that uh, Jeb had put up there at, uh, at Outbound. We know what comes with it, and obviously that's a Game of Thrones Reference, and I think Jeb was referencing the recession, but it looks like you're you're uh, battening down the hatches and bundling up for for winter weather it, like you got stacks of your books behind you like may I hopefully that's not uh, you know uh, kindling for the fire or something that stuff you know but <laughs> you know Behind you, you got stacks of books behind you, man. Someone, That's someone awesome. was
0: thinking that thought. So I'm glad that you 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 brought that up. No, so coming actually let's, had let's a very another lar- book on the fire. Actually, had a very large retailer that wanted some books and wanted me to sign each one. And uh the only way to do it was to have them shipped here, and then I'm signing them and sending them out anyway. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because nobody wants wants uh, anybody to know what they're doing, especially amongst competitors. So, mm. I I I I I cannot reveal who it is under penalty of oh. being hung by my wrist. But I uh, was a wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So, Chris, I'm glad that. Um, you're on the show because I wanted to thank you for making my first outbound so smooth. I mean, it was like having, you know, even though that was the first time we like met in person, we've been working together for what? Over a year, right? Oh yeah. year and a half. Yeah. We've been working together over a year. I felt like I knew you when I met you. It wasn't like I met you. <laughs> it's just like confirmation. Okay, you know, you have molecules, right? Was I, I mean,
1: shorter it, or taller than you had expected, Pete? Because you really have only seen me, you know, like from here. Was was I shorter
0: or was I taller? No, it's pretty much <laughs> right on the money. Uh, okay, the, good. The, the one who shocked me was Mark Hunter. He just, he's, that a, he's a tower of a man. Yeah. He. he uh, do you want to know something? Someone I asked, <laughs> I, that was the right answer, by the way. <laughs> You're going to tell me whether I do or I don't. hundred percent, hundred percent. So someone asked me what the conference was like and what I liked about it. And I said, you know, uh, when I was a hundred years ago or uh, a million years ago when the dinosaur roamed the earth and I was being recruited, you're welcome, guy. Thank you for everything you and Kyle do for, for me. We we appreciate you. Um, so when the dinosaur roamed the earth and I was being recruited by colleges, and I started to be recruited by colleges after my junior year. So it was like a year and a half process before I finally committed and I ended up going to BW, and it was probably the best decision of my life. I think our our four year record was uh, thirty five and thirty six, and maybe three or four losses in four years. Uh, three of them being in national playoffs. So we were uh, we were blessed. We literally uh, when we walked onto the field, we believed we were going to win because we won. And it was an interesting group of guys that came in as as freshmen. Um, and everybody said, look around. There's 130 of us. And they said, hey, put your arms up if if you were um, first team. And I'm like, first team? If someone didn't start, they shouldn't be in college football. So everybody put their hand up who was first team all conference, just about everybody put their hand up first team all state uh, first team, all area and basically over half. I thought there would literally be like a few, how many all Americans proudly stick my hand up when I was in, in high school, we didn't even know I was an All-American. And my Pop Warner football coaches called me and said, by the way, your coaches didn't put you up for All-American, but we did and you're an All-American. Um, So I didn't even know <laughs> until, until after. So, but I wasn't alone. There were about 20 All-Americans. And so and they said, look around. You'll be lucky if there's 20 or 30 of you left when you graduate and bigger than life There was maybe 20, 25 of us left. The reason I tell that story is some of us looked at the other guys and said, I need to hit the weight room. I need to do some sprints. I need to watch some game film. I got to get better. And others said, you know what? This isn't my thing. Uh, I've given football all I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to concentrate on school. And, and and some didn't even do that. And so winter is coming, and we all know what that means. Uh, it means that we all have to work a little bit harder. It means that we all have to pay attention to the basics. It means that we have to look for every edge. And I had a great conversation with Steve Hauk about this. Um, Over the weekend. And Steve said something that was really profound that I just want to reiterate. He said, You know, what we do today as a retailer will not manifest itself for a good six to eight weeks. So if you can survive for the next six to eight weeks um, and you're implementing new things, you have a chance to see those come to life and to reap the rewards of sowing and putting that effort in. But if you're at the end of your rope and you can't survive anymore, you've waited too long. And that was the topic of the conversation. Don't wait too long. You know, There's still a fair amount of traffic, even though it's slower than we want in retail stores. There's still a fair amount of business, even though it's slower than any of us want it to be but it's going to change. It's going to get a lot tighter. It's going to get a lot tougher. And every one of us has to look for an advantage and we have to work harder. And yes, we have to work smarter, both. So to me, going to Outbound was an opportunity to sharpen my skills and to meet a lot of people who have been really important contributors to the Pete Primo show, uh, you know, you have got you had guys like Victor Antonio, Larry Levine, uh, Mark Hunter. Um, uh, just met Amy, um, but there are others, and I'm forgetting them. So, oh, Jeb Blunt, yeah, I forgot Jeb Blunt.
1: Yeah, there's a guy named Jeb Blunt that yeah, there's uh, kind, a, there's of, a, kind this, of runs
0: the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Steve, um thanks for uh thanks for joining. Uh we do have um today's a you know, we probably should tee this up uh Pete to let people know as they're yep. tuning in and they see Mark Hunter on the on the um, on the thumbnail on the cover of the show as well as Amy Franco. Um Pete, uh while we were there, Steve, uh Pete and I roamed about the outbound floor looking for suckers uh that would uh <laughs> That would be on the other side of the camera, and um, we found a number of folks and got some great content, some great interviews, uh, with Pete and with Mark Hunter and Pete with Amy Franco and Larry Levine and Victor Antonio. And so, those are interviews we've got. Let's they call it in the uh in the industry in the can, right? And so, uh, we've got those, um, and they're uh they're fun interviews, uh, and they got a little personal and uh, also uh, gives you a good idea of what Outbound uh, was, was about. Yeah. Because that's usually what you were, you were kind of talking about, you know, what they were doing at Outbound. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mark Hunter uh, piece is, uh, is coming soon, along with Winter.
0: Yeah. So let's do this. Let's just go forward with Mark Hunter's interview right now. Steve, we're going to tee it up and play it right now for you. And uh, Steve, did you get the book that Mark uh, signed for you yet? It's supposed to deliver today. Yes. Uh, Actually, actually, the book that he signed wasn't that one. It was And it wasn't this one, High Profit Prospect, and it was High high Profit Selling by Mark Hunter. And so, Steve, God bless you. You know I love you like a brother, but he tells me at the last second, I really want Mark Hunter's autograph. You know I followed him when he was like a nobody and I'm so glad that he made it big and mm-hmm. I always knew that guy was very talented and he really cared about people and I'm so glad that he made it and, and tell him I'm a big fan and I'd love to have an autograph book. <laughs> You're getting it today, brother. You're getting it today. Yeah, uh, I we confirmed it. So as soon as your mail comes, you will have a package in there and it is Mark Hunter's uh, book. He signed it, put your name in it. So let's not wait anymore. Let's just go ahead and play the Mark Hunter interview. Mark, I'm here at Outbound Live. I've watched you for years doing this. You've been kind enough to come on my show.
2: And, I've watched uh, you for years, okay? So come on. <laughs>
0: let's get real. I mean,
2: I, you and I have... Sent more notes back and forth. Yeah, we have. On LinkedIn. Yes, we and have. And your podcast, all the stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: So, so, great to finally meet you. I want to publicly thank Mark for writing this book. And I don't know how the timing worked out. It was you and Victor that got me through the whatever you want to call it, the. uh, some people don't like it when I say COVID, but that's what it was. Well, it w- and, and we are in a recession. And by the way, none of it scares me. <laughs> well, it, it, it should because,
2: you know, it, it's all what we want to make, what we want to make it feel like. Yeah. And you're right. When the timing of that book came out, I still remember March 31st, the dawn of COVID, two weeks before it's unbelievable. the world shuts down. I think I sent you a note. I know. Like, and was unbelievable. People asked me, they said, are you going to wait? And launch the book in a few months after this is over. And I said, no, I'm in sales. I got to go forward. We had to change the plan on the fly. Good for you. But we launched it. And more people said that was the right book at the right time.
0: Yeah, yeah. it was. It, It absolutely was the right book at the right time. And by the way, I wrote in my book and I'll show it to you. Show it to you now. Thank you. May I have another about Mondays. And Fridays, and you know, one of the things that Anthony just did a magnificent job of is, you know, we're walking into something else now, right and, and it almost it's different, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be, right? And he's talking about shutting the news off, shut negative people off, controlling the controllables. So can you talk about that a little bit for the people? Well, yeah, because we become what we
2: consume, okay? I mean, I'm thinking about this, all right? And so if we allow ourselves to just surround ourselves with negative thoughts, guess what? We begin to exude. It's interesting, but I limit myself to news. I look at the news sites for a couple minutes in the morning, but I only do it on my phone. I don't, don't do it any other device on my phone because it allows me to move through it faster and I don't get growth. And then I check up on the news again around six o'clock or so, but that's it. I, last thing I want to do is be looking at the news and so forth just before I go to bed.
0: Because what happens? You wind up going to bed with a lot of negative thoughts. So butts. you are much more educated about what's going on in the world than I am because I was a dummy that sat in a seminar in Cleveland, Ohio with Jeffrey Gittimer and he said, Stop poisoning yourself. Turn off the news. And I'm like, I'm not poisoning myself. And then he's like, Turn off the news. So I said, Okay, I don't know. He's the expert. I'll turn off the news. Guess what? I love my life a lot more when I turned off the news. And I've done it ever since. When 9 11 hit, I it was actually driving to a client and I thought the first call that I got was a joke. And the second, call. I said, is this a joke? Because you're like the second person that told me, is this like something that's going around? They're like, no, turn around and go home. I'm like, okay. So that's been kind of my theory since seeing Jeffrey in yeah. that seminar is if it's really bad enough, my friends will tell you, me. You'll hear about it. And, and, and I
2: love <laughs> Jeffrey for that thought, because he, he says, you know, why do you sit on the couch and watch TV at night? You know, why do you watch Netflix? That's why I in my own house. We don't have Netflix. We don't have Hulu. We don't have, we don't even have cable because I don't want to get consumed watching media. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I say, but I do look at the news because I want to be informed as what's happening, but I do it on my smartphone. So I consume only a little bit. Yep. About five minutes in the morning. Yeah. Five minutes kind of late in the afternoon. And that's it. That's yeah. it.
0: So one of my takeaways from yesterday's mastermind, which was great, by the way. Thank, thank you. you. for that. Uh Anybody that hasn't gone to Outbound Mastermind, pay the extra money. It is unbelievable. You've got a team of experts there to help you with your concerns. I've never seen anything like this at a conference before. So it's something that you have to do. Pivoting off of that, what are you talking about? What's on your mind these days? Well, what's on my mind these days is really about
2: creating relationships to go deep. You know, two things. I always have believed in sales and sales is leadership. Leadership is sales. Yes. And you do not close a sale. You open a relationship. Every sale we make has the potential to create three, four, five, six more sales. And I'm finding more and more of my business comes from people who I met a year or two, five years, 10 years ago. So what does that mean? That means referrals, which are really so easy. And I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow for the main stage. I'm going to do a, almost a one-hour program on referrals. Because here's the whole thing. We know people. Let's connect people. Yeah. And you know, think about it. what is sales. It's about helping people. Yeah. Hello. What can be What can be easier and more gratifying than that than
0: helping yeah. people? Yeah. And constantly, I'm reminding my dealers, there's there's three things you got to do in your business. You've got to get five star online reviews. You got to get testimonials and you've got to get referrals that cost too much. Go ahead. Oh, I, go for I, it. I,
2: I, I, I hit, I, hit I, a nerve. Yeah, yeah, because just go. Your relationship arrives before you do. Amen. That's what your five star reviews do. Yeah. That's what, you know, I I hate to say it, but you got to kind of be on social media because nobody really does business with you until they first check you out online. Yeah. And you're right. What are those reviews saying? You've got to be aggressive at getting those
0: reviews. Yeah. Because again, this is how you create more business. Yeah. And for my sales rep friends out there, I I started the P Primo show for one reason and one reason only to help my retailers. But along the way, I found I had a new audience and that new audience was my fellow sales reps. So this is for you fellow sales reps. Your dealers know each other. Get referrals. A referral will buy more. They'll buy easier. They'll be more loyal. And usually, it'll be less problem-free because they're already with somebody that you've kind of accepted and at least tolerated, right? That's the,
2: that I tell you what, that's the whole thing because their level of expectations, it'll be, it's a much more comfortable relationship because you do, we, we all wind up, you know, you know, if we're a dealer, we wind up with those problem customers. Like, ah, yeah. oh. uh, why didn't I know about this beforehand? Yeah. But the referrals, they never wind up that way. They wind up to be excellent. They wind up to be gold. That's why, I mean, we can't we can't do this enough. And I'm going to share some secrets tomorrow. Nice. Of what, what I think dealers can do to score more referrals. I'm, I'm, Guys, I'm share with you. if
0: you haven't bought a ticket, it's not too late. Buy a ticket. It'll be worth it just for this.
2: Because I'm I'm going to share a strategy that you can do in in February or March of every year, July or August of every year, and November December.
0: And and by the way, November December is really right around the corner. Right. And despite what you think, January and February and March they're all
2: around the corner too. <laughs> it mo- it moves fast. I know, got and it. and that's all. That, but see, this is why we've got to be continually pumping and priming yeah. the referral pump. Yes. And you know what I also find? And this is what I'll talk about tomorrow. The, the customer who gives you one referral, they're your best person to go back to to get a second, third, and fourth.
0: Yeah. Cause absolutely. I'll tell
2: you that you got to create a very tight group of referral partners. Yeah. That they just become advocates for you. Yeah. And that's what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot less to prove. Jeffrey was great at saying this. Uh, when you're, when you're working, um, a testimonial can go in a place in the customer's mind and in their heart that you, as a salesperson, can never get to oh. without that testimonial, right? Oh, oh, wait, for for sure. Because think about this: it's almost it, like an unfair weapon. It, it is an
2: unfair weapon because in this skeptical world we live in, in this skeptical yeah. world, yeah. oh, that people don't trust salespeople. But if they see, again, you, we go out to Amazon and what do you do? You click on the reviews. Are there enough five-star reviews? Enough, right. You go right. on to Yelp, you go on to things. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's you, you look at a restaurant you want to go to. Well, what are the reviews out there? This right. this is because, oh, these are from people who don't have a biased opinion. And so what do you do? That's who I want to do business with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Guys, tune in tomorrow. Outbound is going to rock with Mark Hunter. Mark, thank you for being a mentor and a friend. And just
2: thank hey, you so you much. Hey, you are a great friend. Thank you. And I'm glad we, fi- we finally got to meet.
0: Yeah. Live in I, person. I felt like I already knew you. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't disappoint. <laughs> and it hasn't. I hope I haven't. No, wow. no, no. It hasn't. Good. You're every good. bit as gracious as I thought you were. And uh, it, it's just been an absolute pleasure getting Sale to know you.
2: It's about helping people. It is. Because truly. when we help people see and achieve what they didn't think was possible, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Cool.
0: Thanks. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that is a mind-blowing interview right there.
1: You know, uh, one of the advantages of being uh, a producer... Uh, and and being able to kind of see everything that's going on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen that are, uh, you know, watching this show uh, on either live or on replay. Um, you know, that obviously was an interview that we did a couple weeks ago uh, when we were in Atlanta uh, at Outbound. And of course, Pete, you were uh, You know, hey, go right now. And tomorrow he's going to be on stage. And of course, you know, that, that was two weeks ago. So he's not technically going on stage tomorrow. Oh, He, he may be <laughs> somewhere in the country or he out of be. the country for all we know. He could be in South Africa with Guy Danes. I don't know. But <laughs> one, I'm getting to my point. Um, one of the great things is I get to see everything backstage. So, as that interview is playing, and Pete, this is the first time that you've seen the interview of yourself conducting the uh, the interview with Mark Hunter. And the entire time you were beaming backstage, you had this huge smile uh, on your on your face, and uh, that was that i wished you know that maybe we should have had you on the screen um, at that point um you know or at, at points during the interview that you could tell that not only did you enjoy uh being able to to interview a friend and mentor like Mark Hunter but uh being able to watch that back i'm sure it was enjoyable for you as well
0: yeah i i got to tell you um i tried to put on a great face when covid hit i was just mm-hmm. I, I, I asked my wife what we had in the bank account. I knew both our houses were paid off. I knew our cars were paid off. So I knew that we were going to make it through. What was crushing me was my friends mm. that bought new houses, that bought new cars, that had to have a certain level of income. I, I could survive anything. I wasn't fearful for myself. I was fearful for people that I love. Mm. And um, this book, A Mind for Sales. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what you do. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. If you're a mother and you're not in sales, get this book. If you're a father and you're not in sales, get this book. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're a mother or a father, you're in sales, whether you want to believe it or not. Every day you're selling a child that you love them and you care for them and that it's in their best interest to follow your lead and to follow your instruction. So I don't mean to go off on a rant, but I'm going to. and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to. One of the guys that I respect the most in this business told me, Pete, we shouldn't even be talking about a recession. We should be talking about a depression. That's what we should be talking about because it's very likely we're heading into one. And so whatever it is that we're heading into, get this book, this book, A Mind for Sales. If you don't have this book, get it, get it now. Mark did such a great job. I I could not believe that this book, I know how long it takes to write a book. So Mark started this book at least a year before it was published Maybe longer, maybe the idea was born years ago, and then he finally brought it to completion a almost a year prior to when it was published because then you've got to go through the editing process, and it, you're never gonna find every cotton picking mistake in there you're just it's not gonna happen and I am so glad that Mark made the decision to go ahead and release this because people needed it. Um, so while I was going to be okay, my heart was heavy, heavy for my brothers and my sisters in the business and and everyone that I knew and, and even strangers that I don't know. The pain that this thing was going to bring down and, and bring upon us. Now, for our industry, we were blessed. It was Unbelievable. We, we did not suffer. We, we did great. We're suffering now, but we did great back then. But this book was such a blessing. And, you know, as I kind of just leaf through this, you're, you can't get through this book without a red mark and underline, uh, notes notes to myself that I, that I made all littered throughout this book. I mean, this book is just torn up, but I finally got Mark's autograph and, uh, it was such a treat to meet Mark. And, and you know, I got you know, one of those two Pete. yeah. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> um, just, it, it, just such
1: a, such, you can just tell, Pete, he's such a giving person. Yeah. You know, when he it's says hard. sales is about helping people, that is not just some words. That's no. not just some rhetoric. That's not just some little headline, subheadline that he throws out there. It, it's in him. I mean, yeah. it's, that is in his DNA to no. help he, people. He, he just
0: happens to also be in sales. That's- and he happens to be a fabulous speaker but mm, let me tell yeah. you something if you went to outbound here's what you don't know and and, and you know what i'm going to take you guys downtown a little bit my fellow reps shame on you for not being at outbound every every rep that i know should have been at outbound it's most it's it's entirely b2b selling so my retailers Could you go and get something out of it? Maybe a little bit. But I would not recommend my retailers go to Outbound. But my sales rep friends, every one of you should be there. And I'm going to tell you, you know who you are. If you're in my Pete Primo um, Facebook group, what's it called? Pete Primo Market Sales and Marketing Group. It's free. If you're in my group, and you buy an outbound ticket, send it to me when I see you at outbound next year. Because I will go to every outbound as long as I'm alive. I will buy you a steak dinner. So, I will buy you wow. a steak dinner Value at, Ruth, add here. at Ruth Chris. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I will buy you a steak dinner at Ruth Chris. And I hope that I have ten or twenty of you. And I I hope it's a three to five thousand dollar bill. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I, I listen. Yeah. I I it's gonna. Do, I went for for really one overwhelming reason because I I bought the virtual ticket and I really liked it, but. Virtual versus being live, guys, there is absolutely no comparison. And besides that, I will do for you what Chris did for me. I will be your guide. I will be there. But this is the whole trick to it. Make a week of it. Clear your schedule. Do what you have to do. I I know it's a pain in the rear because you got to work... Ten times harder. You've got to try to get a whole nother weekend before you leave, and you got to get another weekend after you get back, trying to make up for the work that you're going to miss. But it's worth it. it yeah,
1: it, Pete. I, I, you know, you beat me there every morning. And um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the gentleman you see on your screen is a true lifelong learner because I saw you in the front row. Uh, and I mean, I'm not, ki- I mean, I'm not, that's not hyperbole. Every time there was someone on stage, Pete Primo was in the front row and you had your notebook going and your pen and your, like, you were just, I've never, I mean, there are people that have a lot of energy that are young and uh, you just were, I, you just were just soaking it up, soaking it up and soaking it up. I mean, and this is the other thing that I will say uh, to those that don't understand yet what Outbound is, and maybe you've been to some conferences uh, in person, in virtual. This is not sitting back and getting the same information that you can get anywhere else. It's it. I felt as if in a lot of cases... Especially when Jeb was on this uh, stage, these were very pointed workshops. Very, um, hey, we're going to be talking about this. We're opening the mics. You come up and you start asking, and it's like the tough questions being asked, and the answers were tough too. I think at one point Victor said, uh, "You know, Jeb, Jeb kind of went down a very serious road with someone that was asking a question." And uh, that person wasn't afraid to kind of like they were battling, but there was some you know going on, and uh, Victor said something like, uh, "Well, you just got spanked with love uh, by Jeb Blunt. Um, and yeah, do you know it what I Very let, pointed.:
0: Sorry to cut you off. But no, you're I'm, good. I, I am the pro at cutting people off. So I fell more in love with Jeb Blunt, the blunter he got. Okay, and so let me just say this. When you don't give a crap about another human being, you just give them some answer that you think they want to hear and you let them go off. When you truly care, you dig, you dig, you keep digging and you don't stop until you get to the freaking truth. And that's what Jeb did several occasions. It was a beautiful thing to watch. And it revealed his heart. And it reveals why he's the real deal, why he's such a great salesperson, because he does the same thing with his clients. He doesn't let them off the hook with a stupid pat answer. He digs and he digs and he digs. He doesn't dig because he's trying to make money. He's digging because he wants to help this person. He's committed to truly helping. And that's what you do. Larry Levine always talks about this in in Selling from the Heart. When you truly care about somebody, you don't let them go. You don't let them wander down a dark alley that could be dangerous. You protect them. That's part of a client relationship. To be under the care of, that's different than your average run-of-the-mill salesperson that's just trying to sell something and get a commission. That's a professional salesperson who's committed to his or her craft, who wants to make the world a better place one person at a time. When when Jeb dug in there, I just absolutely said, this dude is special. and, and Everything that happens happens with Jeb for a reason, and the reason is he's willing to give more of himself than anyone else and if you're not getting the results that you're that you're after you've got to ask yourself am I giving everything I have to my customers? am I just being a quote Typical stereotypical salesperson? Hey, thanks for the order, man. Or are you digging in and helping them be better? Are you taking time to think about their problems and their concerns and coming up with creative solutions that they cannot come up with on the by themselves? So Anyway. I love
1: that. I love that. Speaking of creative solutions, Guy Danes is is lighting up our chat. So I, let's, I have let's to, pull Guy and in. A here. lot of this, uh, a lot of this is uh, related to the Mark Hunter interview. But I know you, uh, there was conversations there about. Uh, turning off the news and you went uh, you went all Jeffrey Gittimer uh uh yeah, on, I did. on that yeah. interview. I'm, but
0: uh, I'm, I'm talking to Mark Hunter talking about Jeffrey Gittimer. I know. I think Pete Primo could do yeah. this and
1: not Mark's be like killed. are you interviewing me or are you interviewing Gittimer here? <laughs> are you interviewing the king of sales or the or you know the, the sales hunter? Uh, but exactly. guy says in South Africa he hasn't read a newspaper. For 21 years, and odd that he's not watched the local TV news for about 14 years. We should only have good newspapers. Ha, ha, ha. So. <laughs> and how about this for a goal from uh, from Guy Danes? Not only is he going to be there next year,
0: he wants to be a speaker. So Good. Well, Guy, I think you're in my group. If you're not... <laughs> If you're not connected to me on Facebook, connect to me on Facebook. Get in my group, and I'll buy you a steak dinner. I was just going to... Chris. Absolutely. No, dude, you don't... Chris, you don't know me like that. I love buying steak dinners for people who are... How come I'm the one that bought you dinner when because we were... You, you just did. I let you have your way, but... <laughs> Next time
3: you're gonna be,
0: you're gonna actually be part of this dinner. So this this dinner is gonna be a mini mastermind, by the way. Just just so that you know. So listen, I want to. Oh Lord, let's. I okay. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh Mark Hunter's presentation on referrals was amazing. So just a couple quick things, not to dive into everything. And if Mark Hunter, I believe, has a course, go on his website and get whatever he has on referrals because he went into referrals really deep. I cannot. I'm only going to be able to say a sentence or two. But referral sources, your existing customers, your network, which stupid me didn't even think about, Industry relationships, which me didn't even think about. I've got so many great relationships. I don't reach out to them often enough for referrals. Here is one of the most important things, and I'm going to leave it at this because we got to get to Amy. Um, You can ask for a referral at any point that you have delivered value, you don't have to wait till they buy from you. So that's very interesting. And as a very, very interesting thing, thank you, Chris. You're the best. Um, if If you had a person that really loved your style but didn't buy from you, asking them for a referral is another way, a non-threatening, non-salesy way to pick up the conversation again and restart it so you you know he said this your reputation arises before you do and that is so true so he had a lot of amazing things there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about here this is great Referrals are a measurement of your integrity, and it's a measurement of your relationship with the person you are trying to get the referral from. It's essentially a checkup. Is this relationship healthy? If the relationship is healthy, they'll give you the referral. If the relationship is a bit short and not quite what it should be, you're not going to get the referral. So I'm going to leave it at that. Mark, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for, for uh, writing this book. And this book is going to come in handy for what we're walking into here. Let's go straight to uh, Amy because I wanted to get her clip in here. Amy, I didn't even know who you were until the Outbound Conference. And in the Mastermind, you put a fine point on so many things. I was amazed at the fact that I didn't know who you were. And then when I heard you this morning, I said, why don't I know Amy Franco?
3: Well, now we know each other. We do. Right? We know each other. We were just saying there's so many connection points. Yeah. yesterday was the first day that we had the opportunity to meet. Yeah.
0: And and it's funny. You know, Larry's been on my show. Victor's been on my show. Jeb's been on my show. Mark Hunter's been on my show. Everybody except Anthony Iannarino and Amy. So we'll have to get you on the show sometime, some other time. But this is, this is good too. So Amy, out of your uh, talk this morning. Tell me about when you had a plot point change in your career that you learned a lot and it kind of fundamentally changed you as a salesperson.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was giving my talk this morning, I called it an intersection point. And those intersection points are like those plot changes, right? You're presented with an opportunity or a change and you can make one choice or another choice. And the choice that you make really can have a compounding effect over the future. And I would say one of my intersection points was very early on in my career. And it was the opportunity to actually even get into the technology field and the opportunity to work for uh, organizations like IBM and Lenovo. And probably a really interesting intersection point that speaks to to diversity in the sales profession and sales leadership Was that at one point in my career at IBM, my first, second, and third line leaders, and also some of the top performers on my team, were all women. That's cool. It is cool. and A father
0: of three daughters, that's very cool.
3: And I have four sisters. So it's, and that was 20 plus years ago. Yeah. And even in a company like IBM, that's a pretty rare occurrence to have all of those things happen at the same time. And so I call it an intersection point because it gave me the opportunity to see myself as maybe a future leader in the organization or to see myself as that top performer and get the opportunity to shadow other successful women. And I think for all of everyone who's listening, it's thinking about what are those different intersection points in my life that can be that career catalyst. That was certainly one for me. Or also thinking about how we are role models for other people. And we don't even know it right? Yeah. They were role models for me and probably didn't really think about it at the time. Yeah. But here I am telling the story 20, 25 years later.
0: So there's something I have to unpack just a little bit. Yeah, please. So you went uh, from a company with a highly structured sales process to now teaching sales. Something must have happened. There must have been a catalyst that said, I want these handcuffs off. I want to do it my way. I have a better way of doing this. Can you tell me about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, and I, I think a little bit of this is in my DNA. So you talk about having three daughters. I'm the oldest of five. Okay. I have four younger sisters. Oh, and yeah. I, I've i always had that that leadership or that entrepreneurial spirit, I think, in my DNA. And so about 10 years into my career, I had an opportunity to make a pivot into entrepreneurship. So that was really the another intersection point, a launching point to starting my own organization. And as I look back on it now, it's different kind of selling. So working in big organizations like IBM and Lenovo is very, like you said, structured, a very enterprise-type selling. When I made that shift, I then became an entrepreneurial seller, which means I was selling myself as much as I was selling what it was I was bringing to market. And... I've also combined that with professional services selling. So I've had these very three unique different kinds of sales processes or environments, if you will, which I love to bring to my clients. It's a unique lens that not a lot of sales professionals get to have in their background. And it makes me well-rounded. And just that idea of the modern seller and that competitive differentiator.
0: If you want to know how to differentiate yourself, don't miss Amy Franco ever. She is the real deal and look for a future episode on the P Primo show with Amy. And if you're at outbound, grab this smart lady and get some nuggets of knowledge from her because she is absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. And as I'm looking at my notes, Chris, um, just home run after home run. Amy is special. Mm. Um, you know, I, there's a there. There's a piece of me that doesn't identify with her because I didn't work for a large corporation, um, like in IBM. The biggest company I ever worked for was sort mattress company, and that was great training for what I further did. Um, and I have to absolutely get that book. Um, Meet and Amy was such an absolute pleasure and I'm looking forward to us doing a show together. Um the talk of her show was the new sales economy requires modern sellers. And it's like guys, gals, my brother sales reps, get with it. Get 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 with it because you're going to be a casualty here in the next year to two years if you don't if you don't get with it. One of the things that I loved about her is that she just keeps digging in from multiple aspects. But what her message is overwhelmingly is serve your customer. Really serve your customer at the deepest levels. And something that she said, it, it here I'll show you it right there. It got the red. And it got the highlighter. And this is what it says Be our best customer's competitive advantage. Be our best customer's competitive advantage. So the thought immediately reverberated in my mind is, why don't I be everybody, every customer that I have? Why don't I be their best? competitive advantage. So I kind of took it and twisted it and it almost becomes impossible when you start to really dive into to that. But it's so so important. And one of the things that I thought was, you know, she had a whole list of things and they're all important. Whether you're talking about, you know, being social, being agile, being an ambassador, uh you know, five traits um, to to build into you and to your team, but the one that I loved, absolutely loved, was to be entrepreneurial as a salesperson. Mm, yeah, it's it's your sales business, okay? And I I talk. Uh, to everybody about this, whether you're a sales pro working a retail floor or you're a sales rep, it's your sales business. Either you and your family and your customers are going to benefit from the effort and the energy and the passion and the creativity that you put into your selling. They're going to be the winners for having known you. So you need to have a mindset that says, I'm the CEO of my own sales company. I'm the founder of my own sales company. I'm the investor of my own sales company. And in my territory, I should be asking these questions. Where are the diamonds in the rough? Given when you pull a diamond out of a mind, it doesn't look like a diamond like you see on your wife's diamond ring. It doesn't look like that. It looks like a damn piece of coal. And so do many of your going to be best dealers. So I learned this from Bob Sherman when I was at Certa. Never look at a dealer and just evaluate what they are now. What could they be? If we help them with their advertising, if we help them with a better display, if we help them merchandise better, if we train their salespeople better, what could they be? Don't talk to me about what they do. Talk to me about what their real potential is. And what's closely aligned with potential is attitude. Okay. A dealer who does everything wrong, but says to himself or herself, I don't know it all. If you have ideas, give me those ideas. And I'll. if I think they're good, I'll put them into, in, into work. If they have that attitude, those were the guys that we invested in. The guys and the gals that we invested in. The know-it-alls, the mavens, we walked away from because you can't teach them anything. So Here's the flip side of that. You're a store owner and you're listening to this, and either this is rubbing you the right way or the wrong way. But think about this Have you made your reps your best friends? Have you made relationships work for you? Or are you constantly trying to prove you're in charge and you're the point and you're the king of your castle and you are not taking full advantage of what? a rep could bring to you. So, diamonds in the rough, where aren't my competitors? That was a question that Amy asked in her talk. And Amy, if you're watching this, please don't have a heart attack. I'm not going to reveal anything else. (laughs) But this is what she said. And I thought it was so powerful the way she said it. What could this chunk of coal be? And this is for sales reps, and this is for store owners. Your business may not be exactly what you want it to be. So what can we add? What can we do differently? How can we give our customer a better experience? What can we do better than anybody else? Where aren't my competitors? So your competitors could have beautiful showrooms, but they have crappy people in them. They're rude. They're mean. They're not nice. So where could you be that your competitors aren't? Could you be the nicest store in the entire uh, county? Could you be um, the one that goes the extra mile? Could you be the ones that roll out the red carpet when you make a delivery? And by the way, if you think I'm exaggerating, uh, Jeff Janakovo and Ben McClure. At uh, Gardner's, Mattress & More in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, they do roll out a red carpet for their customers on on delivery. They actually do. So you can do that. So I just, I cannot wait to have Amy. Uh, I thought she was extraordinarily... um, uh, She... She was extraordinary. She was the opposite of me. I take a lot of words to say something. She was very (laughs) succinct. Succinct, yes. What could this chunk of coal be? So powerful, so well-placed. And listen, if you um, see Amy Franco's name somewhere, go see her because she is worth listening to. Uh, She has a viewpoint um, and she sees 360 degrees. It, it's very unusual to see people with that kind of vision. I mean, we had in that mastermind, we had Mark Hunter, we had Victor Antonio, we had Anthony Iannarino, and we had a couple other people that were, were bright She was right there with them, adding to what they were saying and defining it and chunking it down and even making what their answers were even better. Yeah, so yeah, that
3: mastermind,
1: and I kind of teed it up for you from last year because I was able to attend uh, last year's mastermind. And last year's mastermind, it was just the three. It was Anthony, uh, Ian Reno, Victor Antonio, and Mark Hunter. And I still believe that that this is like a. And I told Mark this to his face. I think that's his wheelhouse. Like like he is. He just that's where he just really really shines. But what I really liked about Amy, first of all, when you rolled into town and you came down, you came to the uh, the embassy. She was the first speaker you met because you know I, I, I saw you and I was sitting at the table. Uh, with her and you guys had that Ohio connection. Um, we did going going on, but she uh, to your point is very succinct. But also, I mean, the, there was six speakers at the front um, of that mastermind this year instead of three. There were six, and she was one of those six. She just patiently waited for her opportunity to talk, and when it was her opportunity to talk, everyone, I mean, pin dropped. You could have heard it. Everyone was, was, was hanging on, on what she had to say. Uh, and because every time that she did it, I mean, there's lots of people who love to hear themselves talk. It's, it, I, I can attest to that being in this industry of, of podcasting. <laughs> people love to hear themselves talk, believe it or not. There are just the, the ones that stand apart are the ones that when they do talk, everyone listens because you can't miss a word.
0: Yeah, I, I, I uh, a- 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 Amy, uh, was extraordinary in that mastermind. A- and so we only have a few minutes left, guys. Anybody that's got a question, chime in real quick. We will get it answered, even if it goes a minute over. But listen, um, any Amy communicates very well. You can feel the energy and experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a very, well said comment guy i have found in my 43 years of selling career lady sales pros are the best do you want to know something i'm going to say this it's not going to be popular i don't i don't give a crap i don't give a crap if it's a man or a woman i've seen crappy sales ladies and i've seen great ones i i, I just i don't care now Let me tell you why I don't care. Because I love everybody. I don't care what you are, where you are, what you hail from, what you believe in. I love everybody and I give everybody a chance. So I don't believe in delineating people that way. It almost takes away. I have three daughters. It almost takes away from their ability when you say, well, she's a great lady sales pro. No, she's a great sales pro. Put all the men in the room, put everybody in the room, whatever else you want to put in the room, and she rises to the top because she's brilliant. So sorry, guy. I just went off on a tangent. I'm good for that. Um, Listen, anybody that's thinking about going to outbound, get the VIP experience. And I'm going to tell you why. You get to go to the mastermind, which was from one to five. And then you get the best seats in the house. You get to sit up front. If you're not in the mastermind, you can't sit in the very front. So that's one reason. The other bigger reason probably is those workshops were unbelievable. So there's a whole day of workshops and you have to choose. And sometimes the choices are painful. So one of the things that you get as a VIP is you have access to all the recordings. So when I made a painful decision that I had to miss somebody's... So I saw the tail end of Jeb Blunt's prospecting. And I said, crap, I should have seen this. Guess what? I've got the recording. I can watch it again and again and again. I have access to those recordings for, I think, like a year. So I am going to Outbound for the rest of my life. And anybody that is in my group, you will will come and you will have a dinner with me. I will pay for it. It will be at Ruth Chris. This guy, who I love like a brother, is going to have a steak too. And we are going to have, all right, guy, you're my first. What a way to start my, uh, my. we're going to call it the dinner club. We're going to call it the Deep <laughs> Primo Dinner Club at Outbound. Okay. It's going to be a thing. So uh, I'm going to buy you a steak dinner and uh, we are going to have a lot of fun. What would you add before we sign out brother
1: uh i think i think you've you've covered it and, and uh, as we uh, spoke at the uh sort of the beginning of the uh of the of uh, the show today uh, there's there's more interviews to come, and um you know I feel like this is this has been a a huge commercial for outbound, but it is uh, absolutely worth. Um, you know, the, the time that you got to put in, like you said, prior and during, uh, they give you opportunities to go into work, but then you get the recordings. And I think a lot of times people will just sit on recordings, right? They won't go back and listen to it. But I kind of treat recordings, especially on a conference like this as like, I mean, what do you listen to your favorite album, uh, you know, once, no, you don't You do not do that. You go back to it. You say, all right, my favorite album from Deep Purple is, you know, Burn or whatever. You know, if it is, you probably have listened. You've probably worn out the grooves in the album and now you've got it on streaming services and you've got it, you know, you've got and you hear something else, something different it, because you're a different person even a week later um, and, and you're going to hear things a different way and you're going to be able to apply those things and... And if you have a memory like me and Pete, you're probably going to forget it. So you got to go back and listen to it anyway. Right, Pete? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I would say this, if you did nothing, like literally could not learn a single idea, which is impossible, by the way, because you always have to ask yourself this. Oh, I heard about that. Okay. So now put your big boy pants on, put your big girl pants on and ask this question. Am I doing it? And if you're not doing it and you agree that you should be doing it, you need to start doing it. But I went there mostly to experience the energy and I got a whole lot more. I got a lot more than energy. And I would say this to everybody that's listening. Um, if there was one thing I could do over, I would have networked more. Um I had some nice conversations with a few nice people. I'm an introvert by nature. um, And and so I didn't do as good of a job as I should have. Um, If you believe that you're here on this earth to contribute, you should be able to get out of your shell enough. And, you know, we as salespeople, we're required to, we have to, right? When I'm in this situation, I almost shut down. Like, there's a part of me is on, but part of me is off. I'm kind of putting my student cap on, and I should have networked more intensely. Um, and that I will correct, starting with the Pete Primo Dinner Club at Outbound <laughs> next year. <laughs> Thanks, Chris.
1: The the PPDC at Outbound 2023 is gonna happen. Thanks, Pete.
0: Thank you, Chris. Take care. Have a great day, guys. You
1: too.